Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. Great, Russell. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I praise my God for a wonderful day today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for a good week ahead and a great week gone by for all the new things that we have learned from you. We thank you for the fact that you have been with us. You did not leave us and you are still with us, Lord, and you draw us near to you. Ever wanting and willing to pour out your knowledge from your word, the awareness of that truth into our hearts. And you give us understanding of how we can use it in our lives. We thank you, Father, that you pour your peace and joy into our hearts so that when we get down to pray and when we raise all our concerns in our circumstances with you, we maintain that joy in our hearts so that we do not worry, we do not lose hope, but we hold on to our faith and keep confessing, believing in our hearts and confessing with our mouths. And we then shall see manifestation. We share that same peace and joy, Lord, with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and this praying family, with all those who are beneficiaries of any prayer requests made on this group, we share it with all those that are Christians and do not yet know you personally and all those that do not want to know you, that their eyes be opened to see your glory and their steps be turned towards you. And so as we make our prayer this morning, we call on your name, the name of the great I am, the maker of the universe who is able to make every grace abound towards us. The one who renews his mercy for us every morning. So that we shall not be found short, we shall not be found lacking, but through that mercy and grace, atoned by the sacrifice of Jesus, we are raised up, wearing his robe of righteousness, that the accuser cannot point a finger at us anymore. We thank you, Lord. We praise your name. We also pray in the name of your son, Jesus, the one through whom all this has been made possible, through his supreme sacrifice, the word himself who became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and the knowledge of that word which is now our foundation, the rock upon which we build our church, our faith. He is the author and the finisher of that faith and our destiny. The wonderful counselor, the prince of peace, the everlasting father, our mighty God the door to your kingdom, Lord. And we pray in the name of his spirit, the spirit that created the universe, the spirit that powered his ministry, and now that same spirit that gives life to our mortal body. So we know in our hearts, Lord, that we shall not die, but live and proclaim what you have done for us. We shall stand on your word. And when he works with us, having made his tabernacle within us. Your kingdom is revealed to your people through your signs and your wonders, Father. We offer ourselves in surrender and submit to you, our King, knowing that when we then stand, we stand with your glory backing us. We thank you, Father, that you have given us your word and you have given us the gift of prayer where we can legally authorize you 
to intervene in our circumstances, in our challenges, not only of ourselves, but all those that we raise up in prayer, all those that we intercede for. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with angels and destiny. Help us. You have blessed us with all the tools of the trade, with the principles and promises that you have made available in your word, the book of the law, so that when we act in accordance with those principles, that hedge of defense or protection is automatically erected around us. And there is nothing that the enemy can do about it. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with the opportunity to pray and you have blessed us with the gift of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. And as we get into our reflection and our prayer this morning, I cover and seal every word that we speak by the precious blood of Jesus. And we declare, in accordance with your word in Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11, that as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and to not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed to the sower and bread for the eater. So is our word that leaves our mouth this morning through our prayer in faith. It will not return to us empty, but will accomplish that which we desire and achieve the purpose for which we send it in the name of Jesus. Today, in our reflection, I'd like to touch upon a topic which is very deep in itself, but we might just take a few biblical examples. This is the power of unity or oneness, especially unity of the believer. You may have heard of the saying, united we stand and divided we fall. And on this topic, I'll touch upon some of the things that we learn from the Bible. I'll take a few examples. And the first one is that of the people erecting the Tower of Babel. We see that in Genesis 11, that the people had one language, it says, and they decided to build a great city and a tower that would reach up for the heavens. They started using bricks and tar for mortar an organized structure. And when the Lord came down to see what they were building, he said, in Genesis 11, verse 6, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Now, even though the intent was not right here, we still see that God acknowledged the power of their unity and he decided to confuse their language so that their tower would not rise. Now, when we think and meditate on it from a spiritual sense, this tower is not just bricks and mortar. It is an organized structure of pride. They wanted to make a name for themselves. And when you think of that, the first thing that strikes your mind is what we hear of what Lucifer did as recorded in Isaiah 14. In Isaiah 14 verse 14, 
it said similar things about him that he wanted to rise and make a name for himself too out of his pride. And so did they. And that is why God had to stop it. But in stopping it as well, he acknowledged their unity. Even though the intent was wrong, he still reckoned it to be noticeable. Unity carries a lot of power. In the same way, when we look in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 1, which talks about the Pentecost, when the disciples were gathered together in the upper room before Pentecost, the Bible says they were of one accord. Now, this is very important. They were of one accord, which means they were in agreement with each other with a single purpose in mind. That's what it means, though, to have one accord. And so all, without exception, received the Holy Spirit. And then as you move on two chapters down in Acts 4, verse 32, it goes on to say, all the believers were one in heart and mind. And the church kept growing rapidly with the Lord adding believers to the fold every single day. The power of unity in faith. We've seen the power of unity in pride earlier. Now this is the power of unity in action in faith. In Matthew 12 verse 29, while teaching on the parables, Jesus said, How can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except that he first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house and one of the ways to bind the strong man is through a prayer of agreement unity on the spiritual front to go together in battle and Jesus said in Matthew 18, verse 20, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I with them. So when you go together now, it is not just two, it becomes three when you fight against that strong man. What that, past, what that verse, Matthew 18, verse 20, really tells us is your unity compels his presence when your unity stands in faith. Next, we see Jesus teaching us that any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined and a house divided against itself will fall. This is how important it is to have unity. Where even within a prayer group, if one person comes in disagreement and decides to get influenced or allows themselves to be influenced by evil, it can bring the downfall. So what can unity really do? It makes us formidable and stronger when our purpose is aligned. As seen in Romans 12 verses 4 and 5, we have one body, many members with diverse functions. And yet all of that functions as one body. And it is because each one does their own role that the body collectively stays healthy and functions well. And that is what true unity achieves. Teamwork, which is also needed in a team of believers. 
It is also needed in every basic unit, right from the family, where we understand our role, our function in that team, and we perform it collaboratively and collectively together. Number two, we have seen that it draws God's attention. He said, where two or three are gathered, there I am. Your unity in faith will draw God's attention. Number three, it helps us stir up that individual faith. And this is essentially true for a group of believers that form a praying family, a prayer group. And that is the basis of our prayer group moving ahead. Where one needs help, there are others that are willing to stand in that gap and pray for them. Selflessly, even in instances when they do not know the other person. That unity in faith with a common goal purpose in mind is important to maintain and uplift the faith of others. And number four, unity leads to peace, to mutual edification and to harmony. We see that mentioned in the book of Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 4. And lastly, the Bible says in Colossians 3 verse 14, over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And although that verse talks about virtues, it is not just for virtues to work together, but the underlying foundation for all unity is love. That is, we maintain love towards others to maintain and uphold unity. The question to ask yourselves is, look at your own house now. Jesus said a house divided against itself cannot stand. Question is, is that house divided against itself? Divisions between parents and children. Misunderstandings between a husband and a wife. Between siblings. Disputes over property. Work colleagues. Where there is competition rather than collaboration. We even see prayer groups or religious groups battling against each other. Fighting to gain control over a membership. And the question here in all of these circumstances is, is my personal pride worth more than my family, my team, my husband, my wife, my prayer group, or my community, the purpose that I am working towards? Is my personal pride worth more and above that purpose? I might win the battle over pride, but it would be at the cost of unity, of peace, and of harmony. Should I be paying that price just to gain my pride? Is a question we each need to ask. If my house is divided against itself, it cannot stand. So what are you going to do about it? That decision is for each of us to make. And all it takes is love. When you operate in love, 
Satan loses his control over that situation. I say it again, when you operate in love, in any dispute, in any argument, in any kind of discussion that could get heated up and end up becoming an argument or a fight, when you take that step in love, when you are willing to humble yourself, when you operate in love, Satan loses his control over that situation. He can no longer use your pride against you. Satan will only win that battle when he is able to break our unity. As long as men stand together, they become a formidable force and are a threat to Satan's kingdom. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we understand the value of this unity. And though there is a lot more for us to learn on unity from your word, Lord, we pick up these one or two lessons and we learn them well and we remember them in every circumstance so that when an argument seems to be stirring up, when a fight seems to be coming up, when that competitiveness seems to be taking over and we see a hint of pride in there, seeking to stir its presence within us, we immediately turn around and we take that step of love. We ask for that edification, that discernment in our spirit this day, Lord. And as we pray for spiritual edification and discernment, we also pray for our physical and temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling sickness and disease that are hospitalized this day. We pray for all families that are embattled where that unity is challenged. We pray, Father, for all those that are battling any kind of strongholds in their lives. Especially joblessness, poverty, prayerlessness and busyness. Making your people powerless. Come against all of that in the name of Jesus. We pray also for our own personal needs, those of our families, especially those members of our friend and family circle that are not yet saved, that have not yet given their life to Christ, that have not yet received their salvation. Quicken them, a Father, that they call on your name. And we know in our hearts that when they call on your name, they shall be delivered. But unless you quicken them, they cannot come to you, Lord. We ask for the gift of their salvation this day. Father, we also raise our own personal needs and intentions. And as we raise all these, our prayers at your altar, we thank you, Lord, that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And when we release our faith and our prayer and speak your word, we know in our hearts, Lord, just as your word in Isaiah 55, 10 and 11, that word is an answered prayer. It shall not come back to us empty. We now make our prayer of agreement knowing that you are there in our midst. And when we pray, the Holy Spirit also prays with us for and on our, on our behalf. That prayer 
is an answered prayer. When you are in it, Lord, and then when you move on that faith, a new creation comes into existence, a new beginning is introduced into every circumstance that seems to have hit a dead end. I encourage all those that can pray in tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift to release your tongue, your faith, unmute your mic and ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now make our prayer in the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Sabra <laughs> <laughs> 
The scripture that I've been given today is from Colossians 3, 5 to 10. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you once walked when you lived in them, but now put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and foul talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old person with these practices and have put on the new person who is being renewed in knowledge after the image of your creator. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you are being blessed by these reflections, please share them with your friends and family, especially the one that you know needs to hear this message today. Please share it with them and let that life be transformed on your account through your faith. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us chases and overtakes us when we are aligned to his will and are obedient. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day and a great week ahead, everyone. Thank you, Russell. Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone. Thank you, Russell. Thank you everyone.